0: November 27th, the celebrations of this day will be over at midnight and tomorrow I will wake wake up glad to be alive and abstinent from for today page 151. A holiday a birthday a wedding these events roll around and allow me to reach for the tools, the program has lovingly handed me. I start my day asking for the God of my understanding for help i've learned to pick up the phone and kind words receive me on the other end they gently remind me of the pain I thought would grip me forever. And of the most important thing I will do today, keep my abstinence. Gratefulness envelopes me. I say a quiet thank you and go through my day. When I lay my head down, gratitude lulls me to sleep. My name is Rob, and I am a compulsive overeater, and there is no doubt about that. Currently, I'm in a remission from the disease that wants to kill me. And there is also no doubt about that. I'm granted a daily reprieve. Based on my spiritual fitness, and I believe that as well. There will be a graduation day for me in program. That will be the day I leave the earth, and that will be the day I'm cured. Until then, meetings, steps, sponsors, tools of recovery, working the program. Because I can remember what it's like to not work the program. It's around 11,400 days for me since I walked into my first, no, sorry, I forgot already since I crawled in to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Very broken, very damaged, low self-esteem, no self-worth, not part of, never good enough, not fitting in. That was a lot. A wonderful lady met me at the door and said, you're welcome. We have a seat for you. We will love you until you can love yourself. I must have really looked bad when I rolled in. I really must have. And um, she saw it. And then she did something really scary. She hugged me. This is when we were in person back in 1991. And we did things like that. And I kind of shuddered, I was not a hugger at the time. I didn't feel I deserved it. But when I got home, that's all I can think of is that warm welcome, that hug, and that there was a seat for me, and I did fit in somewhere. And I heard people share, and I knew I fit in there. They spoke the same language I did. They had experienced some of the same things, had the same feelings. They had the same kind of broken perception where they saw things differently than other people. And when the world and life didn't work the way that they thought it should, they participated in things that separated them from their higher powers and their fellows, just like I did. I learned later about this thing called character, character defects and shortcomings, things that put up a wall between me and others. And especially my higher power that created me to do something. I had a defined higher power when I came in. Um, I feel very blessed to have had that because for me to have defined one and started recovery would have been hard. Would have been really hard for me. I know there's others. Um, they can define a higher power any way they wish. It works really good for them. But I will tell you, mine never left me. I left them. And it wasn't until I turned to them, surrendered, humbled myself, and said, I cannot do this alone. I was powerless over food, and my life was unmanageable. And I turned that over to my higher power. And at that time, what I did was I offered myself for service. I didn't even really know about tools of recovery or anything like that. I said, I will serve you. I will look for your will. Make me your conduit. If not me, who? And he took me up on it. And sometimes I say, why me? (laughs) And someone told me, you know, when you do that, when you turn yourself over like that, you will be utilized. At night, when I go to bed, I thank my higher power for another day of abstinence, and in my case, sobriety. And when I wake up in the morning, I ask for his will for me and what I can do to be of service to others. Service has absolutely saved my life. There is no doubt about that. Especially when I retired. I had no value and no purpose. My character defects had taken over. I got what I call a case of the efforts. Forget everything. Just forget it. I'm not going to fight this disease anymore. I'm done. You win. The big book talks about King Alcohol. I gave myself to King Food and it got so bad that I challenged myself to gain 30 pounds in 30 days being goal-oriented and successful at everything I did except managed my compulsive overeating. I accomplished that goal. Multiple blood pressure medications, severe sleep apnea that required a CPAP machine or I could die. Joint destruction. Did it stop me? No. I was daring it to take me. And I was ready to sign up for another 30 days. In my head, I saw numbers that were unbelievable. And I didn't care. And here's the thing. Some obsessives, compulsives, addicts can kind of hide their disease a little bit. They can go in a dark room somewhere. They can draw their shades. They can close the blinds. They can stay in their house. Sure, I could stay in my house. but. I wore my disease on the outside. Everyone I came into contact could see me and say, there's some issue with this guy. It was obvious. I had a 60 inch waist at the time. I had stretched myself out from the amount of food I was consuming. I stopped at bowl, bag, cup, plate, and then wondered where it went. And I was the only one there. I was mindlessly eating. So again, higher power. This is unsustainable. I'm ready to do this another month. I can't do it alone. I'm back in that same ballpark. Powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. I'll recommit a friend of mine had had gastric bypass surgery. Um, we grew up eating together. We went to high school together. He was a football player and he played um, big time college football for the University of Alabama. And he was an offensive lineman, a very huge guy. And about six months before my breaks were put on, he had gastric bypass surgery. I said, you know what? I ate through a medically supervised weight loss program I'll try this, but for me, it's a tool. It's not a cure. I ate through the other one. I lost over 100 pounds and I gained over 100 back. If I would have done that with gastric bypass, my fear, and here's fear coming in, right? False evidence appearing real, forget everything and run. I had a lot of fear. I didn't think so, but I did. I would have an altered anatomy. I would fail again. And then who knows what would happen? Maybe existential questions would come in. Should I even be on the earth anymore? Uh, It's over. I mean, look what I've done. I've screwed this up too. The last house on the block, the last thing I thought I could try failed. So what did I do? I asked my higher power to help me. And I knew that it was just a tool. I didn't look at it as a cure. I did everything they told me to do. I went to 6 months of counseling, psychological exams. I'm not here to sell gastric bypass surgery by any means. But what it did for me was level the playing field. And it it got me to commit to something for that 6 months prior to the surgery and um that's what I did and The night after I committed, I was relieved of the craving and obsession for food. So I went from 10 or $15,000, 15000 calories a day. Purposely trying to pack on as much weight as I could to being free from it overnight. I think Bill W. had a similar experience where he had a, um, a lightning removal of a craving and obsession for alcohol. Um, That's what happened to me. I know it doesn't happen for everyone. My higher power through that process has taken 155 pounds off of my body. I remember what it's like. I'm eligible to go back there. But one day at a time, I got a shot at this as long as I stay spiritually fit. Give to others for fun and for free what was given to me. Today, I get to go speak at seminars for prospective gastric bypass patients. And what I tell them is the surgeons may be selling you a cure. What I needed to do, what I needed to do, I'm not telling them what to do. I needed to work on the spiritual side. And I'm not eloquent. I didn't lose more weight than the other people that speak at these things. But I usually have more people at my table interested in program asking questions. They're desperate, just like I was. We speak the language of the heart because we come from the same place. And our stories may be different. I was told to look for the similarities and ignore the differences. It's the similarities that bond us together. And I'll close with this. Our founders in the other fellowship. They were getting older and they left us with three legacies. And um, from what I understand, it's recovery, unity, and service. Recovery is obvious. It's, it's our journey of getting better. Unity is our fellowship. Keeping it strong, keeping it together, staying inside the, inside the pack so I don't get picked off. Service. There we go. That's the big one for me. I'm grateful to the giants we stand on the shoulders of. And like our reading says today, I can go to sleep at night without that roaring committee that used to be in my head. I can wake up in the morning without that roaring committee already awake before I wake up. And they're already arguing about what I did, what I didn't do, why I didn't do it this way, why I should have done it that way. I'm a ruminator. And I was blessed with a memory that goes back to the crib. I eat over that stuff. I drink over that stuff. I don't need to do that today. If you're new, keep coming back. I have a relapse in my story. You don't have to. Um, it's easier to stay than it is to come back from my experience. And the other one is it's easier to hold an abstinence than it is to try to get it back as well. Stay in the center of the fold. When we are a bundle of sticks, we're very hard to break. If we're a single stick, we're easily snapped. I'm easily snapped. Thank you for letting me share tonight. Thank you for your service, Kristen. I appreciate you.